Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Poetry Says. My name's Alice. Thanks so much for listening, for downloading. This episode is one that I guess has been a long time coming. I haven't talked directly about the process of getting published as a poet before, but I was very excited to hear from a previous guest, Sean Wright, who also publishes under the name SB Wright, who got in touch recently and said, hey, I've got some good news about publication and wondering if your listeners would be interested in hearing about it. So we have a good chat about the process that he's just gone through of being offered a manuscript, offered a publication of a manuscript with a publisher called Close Up Books. And then we also get into the nitty gritty details of how you actually find journals that are open for publication how you submit, how you talk to editors, and what you'll hear a lot of is a lot of hedging on our part because I think both Sean and I know that we're just two examples of Australian poets and there are as many ways to do this as there are people writing poetry. So we give some general rules, some general guidelines, but I think really at the end of the day, the three main things that I would tell you to keep in mind if you're trying to get published is First of all, to read, just keep reading. I know that when my publication um, stats, I suppose, have dipped, it's when I've gotten lazy on the reading front. So read all the time. Obviously, write as much as you can and just keep submitting. Just keep sending work out there. Don't let one rejection or a particularly difficult rejection ever stop you from sending work out again. Of course, if you feel like you just need a break from the whole process, then take breaks. But yeah, I don't think that any poetry journal, any editor should ever, obviously we respect them and we love them, but I don't think they should ever have the power to stop people from sending their work out. And I really believe that if you keep reading, keep writing and keep submitting, then you'll definitely get there one way or another. And as I say, there's as many ways to do this as there are people writing poetry. But this is my chat with Sean, and this is our version of how to get published in Australia at the moment. And as always, I would love to hear from you on Twitter, on Facebook, if you have further tips that you'd like to share. so much for making another time to chat with me Sean and uh, well thank you for having me back on I've, no uh, I just got a, got a message from Facebook the other week to like a, a reminder or a memory that they that Facebook pops up every now and again and they and it was me saying oh I'm going to be on Poetry Says so yeah it's about a year I think it was yeah I was just looking at the page and it's been about a year and at the time that we talked you were part way through or maybe most of the way through your year of poetry do you want to remind people what that was and what you were aiming to do yeah look um at the time i was uh still doing relief teaching so and and part way through the year i got a, a part-time contract so i had a good half of the the week where i didn't have to do any work and i was getting enough money that i didn't really need to worry so i i'd said at the start of the year i've got a i've 
got to really do some personal development or poetry development, you know, get my upskill myself, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. And so a friend of mine, Jody Claghorn, who's a writer, had had put forward this um, journaling idea. I think that's where I got I stole the idea from. And I basically sat down and said, you know, how can I, being that I'm out in the middle of nowhere, basically two hours away from Adelaide, how can I make sure I skill myself up um, sort of stay on track and do this basically a, a university course for myself designed by myself and so I set out to I think in the beginning I committed myself to 14 hours a week of um, reading poetry so reading other people's poetry uh, analyzing a poem in detail studying advanced sort of poetry texts like uh, Mary Kinsey's book which the name of which is slipped out of my mind at the moment but you know sort of like tertiary level talking about technique and uh, a whole heap of other things that I'd never really looked much into before and then of course uh, a segment of that time for my own writing and rewriting of poetry and so the idea was that the you know you put enough good stuff in at the start at the end of the process you hopefully come out with poems and better poems and yeah, and I did that for a year. That's amazing. You were really in that kind of magical setup where I think, yeah, you've got the income coming in, but it's not taking up all of your time. I think that's oh, such a great balance to strike if you can get there. I've had that once or twice in my life and it's just been, yeah, really magical. But um, yeah, so you had the whole year of it. And you contacted me about a month ago with some very exciting news. Yeah, well, um, probably, oh, it's going back, yeah, about two months ago, so about a month before I'd contacted you. Uh, I had, uh, I suppose I'd call Ashley a, a good friend. We've sort of been working on projects sort of in a professional capacity over the past five years, and he just <laughs> emailed me one day and he said, um, have you got a poetry collection? And he, he and his, I think it's his partner, um, Brooke Linford, run a small poetry and fiction press called Close Up Books. And he just said to me, look, we're going to be doing, starting something towards the end of this year. Um, do you have a manuscript we could look at? Uh, to which I thought to myself, well, um, <laughs> I hadn't really got one together, but um, I soon got one together put it that way so I looked back through what I'd published and probably over the course of a weekend put something together that sort of resembled something professional and um, sent it away and and thankfully um, they came back and said yep we'd like to uh, get you to sign a contract so I was yeah my my first collection happened very quickly probably That's sounds fantastic. a lot easier <laughs> sounds a lot easier than uh, I'm making it sound a lot easier than it was, and <laughs> we could probably go into into what I was thinking, but um, that's the that's the short of it. Yeah, right. No, I think um, I have heard other poets talk about it happening that way, where they ha they have a relationship with someone who is perhaps a writer and publisher, or maybe they're just a publisher, and it just kind of comes up. You know, that person reaches out and says hey, have you got a manuscript's worth of stuff? Because I'd like to look at it. But it sounds as if it wasn't so much a promise on their part. It was a, we'd like to see your 
work as a whole, as a collection, and then we'll decide. Yeah, I mean, that that's certainly what, uh, that's my understanding of it. I mean, uh, uh, Ashley and Brooke had done the Poetry in Place 2015 anthology uh, in early 2016, I think, and that was that was a uh, an anthology that was filled with poets you and I probably heard of, uh, <laughs> Jill Jones, Les Murray. Um, so I was fortunate enough to get a couple of poems uh, in that anthology the year before. So they'd obviously read some of my stuff. And, um, yeah, I think in terms of our poetry, uh, uh, Ashley writes, um, he's got a similar background, sort of rural, uh, remote upbringing. So, um, yeah, we've got... I suppose similar themes. So he knew about my work. Um, and yeah, so if, if I hadn't have been doing the year of poetry, I, I wouldn't have had the, the um, material there, I don't think, to, to do that, um, to be able to put the manuscript together. Yeah, that's what I love so much about that project of yours because it's this huge act of faith, right? You're like, I'm just going to put heaps of effort and energy into this thing. I don't know what's going to come of it, but I'm just going to you know, point everything in the right direction. And so it's just great because it means that when Ashley asked you that question, you were able to say, well, yes, I do. I mean, it was a frantic weekend of pulling something together, but you had stuff to pull together. Yeah, and it's like that that old adage, you know, you, if it's not there, you can't edit it. And if, if, it, if the poem isn't there, you can't put it into a manuscript. So... Um, yeah, so you gotta you gotta have the work. I think that's the that's the thing. I, I'd I'd sort of had this idea that um, sometime in the future I'd have enough poems for a manuscript. But honestly, before um, Ashley and Brooke had sort of contacted me, it was yeah, I put that off to the put that off to the side. Partly, partly I think because you know I think most poets think that perhaps their work isn't quite good enough yet or they don't have enough or you know that constant sort of talking yourself down um but the other side of this the um equation is and i think i wrote about this on my blog was that uh perhaps outside of university and i don't even know inside of university because when i went we didn't have any creative writing degrees um there's no instruction really um in poetry courses as far as I know on how to put your manuscript together um, or you know what to do there's there's quite a bit of advice online <laughs> which is you know helpful but contradictory at the same time but um, yeah so it was always something that I sort of I'll, I'll do that when I think I'm ready and um, yeah that was probably one of the big hurdles I had to get over when when um, when they contacted me was uh, you know my own sort of deprecating self-thought that oh it's is it is it ready i don't really know and then i sort of just decided you know to help with it you don't get asked for a manuscript every day so put one together and let them make the decision yeah that's right absolutely and did you feel like in your year of doing that study that you came to any conclusions about or did you learn anything in that year that helped you with that actual process of ordering the poems and bringing them into that whole no, not really. In fact, I was just thinking about this before because this morning I, I, I did that thing where you sort of lay out your manuscript or half your manuscript in my case because I've split it into two sections. 
and look at it on the floor or look at the arrangement and that's been suggested in the in the literature and posts that I've read but no prior prior to that I haven't and I don't know about you but when I read a, a poetry collection I don't read it from you know like a book from cover to cover and it's really only since thinking about writing my own collection that I've gone back and looked at all other collections of other people that I've read and tried to have a look at you know what are they doing in a sort of a and it you know, as a whole pro project, not just as individual poems, because I tend to just flick through poems until something catches my my interest or my eye, and and you know, read poetry that way. So, yeah, it, uh, during that year, that's that really hadn't sort of occurred to me. I suppose mm. that's because you know, when I was studying people's poetry, I'd sort of you know do a different poet each well each week or each section of study so you know one week i'll be i'd be doing um i don't know um k ryan and then i'll be moving on to um you know somebody totally different because i didn't want to sort of get stuck in one particular you know sort of poet's voice because that a concern was that you know you start reading a poet and you really study them then you then there's a chance that you know you pick up uh, their voice or what have you so yeah yeah so, yeah, long answer, but short answer, no. When I've tried to do this myself, because I am also currently trying to bring together something that I could call a manuscript, and, yeah, it's it's like doing a giant puzzle because all the poems were written at different times for different purposes, and they don't necessarily have any relationship with one another. But then, like you say, all that kind of thought that you put into that process might be for a lot of readers completely lost because they're doing what you're doing of flicking through finding something that grabs them and then focusing in on that so yeah maybe it's actually not a massive deal but I suppose it's up to the poet right like how much do you personally care about the order that your poems are in when they come together in a book yeah and I mean there's also some suggestion that you should, you know, you lead off with, with a strong poem and you finish with a strong poem. Um, and, yeah, I just don't have enough experience. Um, I haven't read whether or not that's, you know, that's essential for for getting people to to buy books. So that, you know, when I buy poetry books, I I will generally have heard a poet read their poem or I've read their like an individual poem and I'll go yep I'll, I'll put down some money on on that because I reckon that the rest of their poetry will you know be something similar to this right so you don't need that and, convincing from that first poem you're already on board yeah and I suppose the difference is that I, I rarely get to go into a bookshop um, and have a look at their section on poetry because the nearest bookshop that has that is in Adelaide um, and flick through and look at the first page of a totally unknown poet to me. So, um, you know, that could be just a sort of an artifact of the way I have to have to consume poetry. But, um, yeah, look, I, I don't think the – before having looked at the manuscript this morning, I would have thought, no, you don't really need to do that. But I, I looked at uh, – there was a section I was looking at this morning and, and made changes sort of based on, you know, the tone of certain poems that I moved moved a couple around um i think it's probably nice to 
to have a, a collection that's ordered in that way. Um, well, you don't but, want it to be yeah. jarring, I guess, is the thing. Like it doesn't necessarily, it might be lost on a lot of readers if you've taken a huge amount of time over it, but maybe that's a good thing because it means they aren't, you aren't putting one poem up against the other that's just a total clash and like a contradiction. Yeah, and I mean, unless unless you're trying to do that. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, for, for, you know, sort of contrast. But yeah, look, I, I've, I've gone along with the idea that it probably matters a, a little bit, but I'm not. I'm going to try and not lose any any sleep over it. Mm, um, yeah, no, don't and, lose sleep over it. And what what I've got um, here is because I I write um, sort of English language haiku as well as you know long form poetry. I've um, got a, quite a few of my published haiku that I'll use for for palate cleansers, so or for breaks in within that section of the manuscript. Um, and I think that for me that allows them both to to shine a bit, um, you know, putting one one haiku per page. Um, whereas in other manuscripts I've seen they're sort of three to a page. To I don't know, it's almost like the you know they're presented more as long poems. So you you know um, people who read long poetry I don't know will appreciate them more. I don't know, mm, but mm. I I found the plan has worked. There's um, a couple of um, haiku that sort of really set the tone for the following longer pieces. So I've tried to, I've tried to match them up in that way. So yeah, that sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, it's just you're the one who is going to have it handed to you, and you want to be totally happy with it. So it's a question of not making those decisions based on what you think you should do or what somebody told you to do i reckon it's got to be like coming straight from the heart kind of those kinds of decisions um yeah can we talk about the the real practicalities of pulling that manuscript together like what did you what program did you use how did you format it and what did you say in the cover letter and how did you decide on a title also because that's totally stumped me Okay, so uh, oh, do you want to go? I'll go through my my writing process to begin with, just okay. just briefly. I um I handwrite everything first of all with um I it's, it's, it sounds a bit sort of obsessive compulsive, but um, with either a dip pen or a fountain pen, handwrite in notebooks, um, and that's because I don't trust computers not to crash and eat my work, <laughs> um, and then I upload onto um, Google Drive and just sort of have two copies there. But I came across probably about four years ago now a company called Pressbooks. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. And so they offer this this free service. Essentially what it is, it, is it's um, a WordPress website that you get membership to. Uh, so it's like a group WordPress website and they use the functionality that's in WordPress to create books understand what i'm saying right yeah, yeah so yeah. so if you use wordpress it's essentially you're basically making each poem a post and then they've configured it so that you can move around um poems or chapters for for longer works and sort of rearrange them oh, a bit um, like the click and drag function in scrivener 
Yeah, I, I suppose so. It allows you to, uh, I mean, they've got um, basic themes uh, where all the all the formatting is decided so that you can get something for that's a, like a literature theme. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but they've got, you know, 40 or 50 different themes. And so you get your preset fonts and what have you, and it will generate a book in PDF, EPUB and Mobi format. Oh, and cool. so I'd, I'd begun doing that sort of with some haiku poems um, when I started writing haiku four or five years ago. And so that was already there. So I just thought, oh, every time I finished a published poem, I just sort of chuck it up into that space. And um, that, uh, that allowed me to really quickly sort of, um, I suppose, organise that manuscript over that weekend. So it was a matter of, you know, I could move poems around, see where where they appeared on text and then download a, a PDF print sort of copy already to go. Yeah, oh, that's, um, that's really great. That sounds like it would have made it a lot easier. And, yeah, you kind of – you had that offer and you didn't have to go through, um, you know, a billion folders in your desktop, you know, just kind yeah. of pulling stuff together. Um yeah, the first time I put together what I thought of as a manuscript for the Whitmore Press Manuscript Prize, I had to do exactly that. I had to go digging through folders and I put everything um, into Word. I had each poem on a separate page in a long Word document. And it was just really hard to work with because it, there was no way to reorder stuff except for like selecting that poem and then... Mm yeah copying and pasting it into a new section you couldn't see it as a whole but yeah since doing that i've invested in scrivener um do you use scrivener at all or i oh, i think i used a trial version about five or six years ago when it first came out yeah so, it's not too no. bad i don't remember how much it cost but it wasn't hugely expensive and they actually have a bunch of different manuscript templates and one of them is a poetry book template so you basically have all your poems running down the side you can see the order they're in click and drag them around and then exactly as you're saying you can generate a pdf that has everything all formatted nicely for you once you're ready to do so so yeah that's how i've been doing it okay you, you might have sold me on it <laughs> oh look yours sounds just as good a solution um I guess I just, yeah, it's worth mentioning these things because I'm sure there are plenty of listeners out there who are still struggling with Word and look, Word is is not a friendly program. <laughs> Everybody knows that. No. So, yeah, Word, Word's not necessarily poetry friendly. So, yeah, investigate other options, I would say, if you're listening out there and trying to pull a manuscript together. But, yeah, so, and... In terms of a title, how did you come to decide on that? Because you obviously, or have you decided, is it still kind of rolling around in your mind? Um, well, I went with the working title, Magpie Tales. Oh, cool. Um, and that's that's sort of tied to that, um, that haiku sort of uh, period that I, you know, when I started writing, and that was the... The first sort of manuscript I designed on that press book sites was, um, yeah, Magpie Tales because that's uh, yeah. when I, when we moved down from the NT to live in rural South Australia, that that's that's probably one of the most prevalent birds um, down here is is magpies. So mm. 
do do get them in the Northern Territory, I think, or Pied Butcher Birds, but it's a really omnipresent sort of, um, um, yeah, uh, wildlife down here. So, and, and the first published English language haiku that I did was a magpie poem. So um, that's where it came from. And I've sort of, I've sat down, um, you know, after having the manuscript sort of accepted and wondered, you know, oh, does that really fit? And and I do, I, I like the fact that it's got that history behind it, but also, you know, the idea of uh, a literary magpie, sort of, you know, uh, you take bits from here and there. And I, I look back over my, my poetry work and there's, you know, there's, although the tone's somewhat similar, um, I, I did over the last sort of two years um, try to stretch myself and do do um, works that were different, you know, employing different techniques. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, oh, okay, that's, it's sticking for the moment. So, uh, yeah, and I'm quite quite happy with it, I think. Yeah, I uh, think that's that's the key is you've, you've got to decide on it. Then you've got to, like, live with it for a few uh, weeks, months even, and just kind of see if, like, this really is the title. And so when you sent the manuscript to the publishers, did you include a cover page or any extra information about yourself? Um, I mean, that, that uh, I just included, yeah, you know, it's like a, a, a cover email. Um, but because we sort of established that good working relationship sort of over the last four years that, you know, pretty much, oh, Ashley and Brooke, here's the, here's the manuscript. This is what I, you know, I've put together. I hope you know, this is my thinking behind it. Um, let me know what you think. Yeah, so, right. So you did kind it, of it, say, like, this is what, this is how I see and understand this work that I've put together. You weren't kind of, because I think if I were writing to a publisher, my temptation would be to make that kind of communication as um, brief as possible and just maybe not explain what I meant but perhaps that's the wrong way to go about it maybe you do actually need to say so this is what I'm trying to do here just so you know um yeah I guess there's different ways to approach it well I suppose this is this is my only manuscript poetry or otherwise that I that I've had any experience with so I mean I, I hear about um you know because we've got friends who are on Twitter, um, I'm just thinking it's Stuart Barnes and um, I can remember him sort of tweeting about, you know, the sort of discussions that you would have between, your, you know, your, your editor on things that needed to be changed and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of aware that, you know, this might just be how it is for me. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But look, I, I think I, that's that's got to be the case for everyone, right? Like it's not um, – there are so many small and medium-sized and large publishers across Australia um, publishing poetry at the moment. Like in a, it's, it's a really rich scene. And, uh, yeah, it's a really great essay um, by Kent McArthur in, I want to say Overland, but it might have been Lifted Brow or something else entirely, um, where he just he went through all the the small presses that are out there in Australia, and there were so many that I'd never even heard of, right? And so your experience with each of those 
different groups of people would be totally different and what they wanted to hear from you would be totally different. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's one representative experience of submitting to a publisher. Yeah, I was I was just thinking, uh, you know, especially with perhaps small press because I've you know I've had experience talking to to small press publishers in in sort of my other line of volunteer work, which was uh, reviewing and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, it's different if you're if you're going to a major publisher who has the you know they might have a marketing department and people who you know can look at statistics and say, well, no, actually, we're not going, you know, that sort of thing doesn't work, so this is the way we're going to do things. But if I think if you're approaching a small publisher who might be, you know, one person um, or two people, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Picaro Press, um, when they were running independently of, can't remember who they've gone to now, who prints that line, it's gone out of my head. But, um, yeah, if, if you can approach... Uh, the publisher with an idea and I sort of I think it says that you're thinking about your work on a larger scale than just the poems exactly so, yeah you're not just uh, saying check me out I am an amazing genius and you would be lucky to have this it's more like we could be partners you know um, I am actually yeah remembering my days many years ago working at a small publisher in Canberra and it was the submissions that we would get that would actually mention how the book might contribute to our like collection of already published work that kind of had a bit more sway, I think, because it kind of showed that that author, that writer was thinking about the commercial value of their work, which is such a like icky term to apply to poetry. But it's like this, this isn't going to be all on you guys to make sure this book sells and succeeds. It's like, I've thought about that. I know that, um, that this work suits you and it's going to suit the people who know you already and, and that kind of thing, rather than just, here's my amazing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which and is I, certainly I think... where I was approaching it from, like, well, back in the day. Well, like I was saying before, we don't really get that much instruction on how to compile poetry manuscripts, um, probably until you do your first one. So, um, yeah, and I think for me it's been good because it's cut down some of the decision-making. Like with, with the work I've put in, in this manuscript, um, there's a fair, a fair amount of it that's been published previously. Um, and then... You know, it was making a making a choice about what to go in. So, I, having a rough framework and thinking about you know tone or theme or that sort of thing sort of allowed me to go well. Yeah, I'll leave this poem out because it, it although I think it's pretty good, it doesn't sort of fit in either of those those um, two sections that I've got. So. You know, it'll 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 go somewhere else, maybe in another collection sometime. Yeah. But um, so I think it's probably helpful. You know, uh, more so for the, for the poet com compiling the manuscript than the reader is to to have that framework to help with your decision making, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Again, like not thinking just because these are your 
20 or 40 best poems that they all have to be in this one book like maybe you want to hold a few back because they don't quite fit with what that publisher or audience might be looking for yeah and um yeah there have been a, a probably a couple of works that i've included in there that um that i you know sent out for publication that but didn't get picked up um, for whatever reason that I think work really well because of the other poems either side of them. So, um, yeah, so that it's, um, yeah, it has been a helpful way of making me or having me make a decision. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I have a few poems like that myself where they've been rejected so many times, but part of me is just like, I think this is good. I think this works. Um, and maybe it's just a case of uh, wrong editor, wrong time. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's a really bad poem, but like I I just have faith in this one and I want to keep it. And so even though it's been rejected multiple times, it's, I'm going to try and include it in, in the collection as a whole at the end. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that process of actually sending stuff out for publication as you're building up enough to have a manuscript. Um, so last year in your year of poetry, you would have sent out quite a few. And I know that on your blog, you were actually tracking the results for a while there at least. Um, what are some of the common things that you found really work to succeed basically to get published? Yeah. Um, just keep doing it is probably the, the biggest thing. <laughs> that is, is the first step is to do it and continue to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I'm just trying to think, um, got the, the page up here, just load up what the, the last, the last week was get those stats. Yeah. Um, nice. yeah so 27, 27 poems over the, the entire year submitted. Shit, it's about so, once a fortnight. You're sending something out? Yeah, and um, nine published poems out of that in a year. So That's a stunning result. That's really amazing. Yeah, that, that, that's actually better than I remembered. That's really, <laughs> really great. And, um, yeah, so what did I get? Out of rejections, 15 out of those 27. So half of them were rejected, but a third got published. So that's – I, I – just very quickly sort of because I'd set my mind to to doing this process and you know sort of telling myself to let the process work um, what I found over that time was you'd get a rejection back and sometimes you might get um, sort of an indication of why but most of the time you don't um, have any idea why mm. um, but you know you know what they say you you find another market and resubmit yeah. and the, the constant practice of either studying writing um, analyzing and redrafting meant that I always had something to go on with I you know and very quickly it became obvious that you know you just move on to the next thing send out the poem that got rejected but you, you're working on something at the moment so you've never got that time where everything's writing on this one poem that you've just sent out. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. Don't ever do that. <laughs> That's so 
sad if like it, it's so crushing when that rejection comes back if that's your only poem out there make sure you've got a bunch circulating yeah good advice um and how did you decide where to send those 27 um i'd like to say there was a really well organized process be, behind uh, that it would be weird but... if it was well organized though like it's, it's pretty um the fluctuations of what's open and, and, you know, which journals exist is, is fairly random sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Also I had a rough idea of like my favorite journals that sort of come out. And one of those is, um, tincture journal. Um, and it was just, you know, they, they, I'm sort of hooked into their Twitter feed, their Facebook feed, uh, and I'm a subscriber. So I, I, you know, knew roughly when you know the four submission periods were coming around, but again, because I'm I'm working with that process of writing all the time, it was whether or not I had something um, to offer them at the time as to whether or not I I sent it out to them. So um, yeah, I, I I found that I didn't have to worry so much about submission windows. Um, because you basically because, always had a poem ready, like you'd finish a poem and then go, okay, who's open at the moment? Yeah, and if if there was no one that that poem suited, then it's, for example, if I was writing something like um, I did sub, a couple of times during the year, I'd, I'd participate in in haiku writing, and uh, hundred gourds is the is the international magazine for that. So, and they have specific. I think they have three times a year when they take stuff. Um, and if I'd finished a haiku, I thought, oh, that'd be good to publish. Um, then I'd just look up when their submission window was and then, you know, set set a reminder a week before in my, my Google calendar just to, to remind me to, to submit the poem. So um, thankfully nowadays, though, a lot of places use submittable. So I find that's, that really helps with tracking where where things have gone. Um, yeah, it so, is good to have that. Um, and you can actually log in and see if it's in progress um, or if it's been, uh, I think if it gets rejected out of submittable, you're going to hear about it in your inbox as well, but you don't know whether it's in progress unless you actually log in and see, but that yeah. would be pretty handy. Um, yeah, I also use uh, a program, little browser-based program called Trello, which okay. is a really fun, um, simple program where you basically create little cards and lists, and uh, it's based on that kind of idea of like a project management idea of agile. So it's like what's um, to be done, in progress, and finished, and you can call the list whatever you want. You just drag the cards in between to to say where they're up to and you can you can do all kinds of other things with it but yeah just having something really easy but look it could just be a text file as well that you use to just say what's submitted and what the status is and when you sent it out um yeah you can get as complicated or as as simple as you want with this kind of thing but do track it i would say that would be my my next piece of advice is don't lose track of where stuff is because if you submit it to two places, you're not going to be popular. 
Yeah, and I suppose I was just thinking up the probably the most I ever had out one out out at once was about six poems. So that's I suppose for me that was manageable. Um just to because most of it was insubmittable or it um it had its own pe- peculiar sort of of market where you know there were there weren't that many submission windows open. So um yeah, I suppose my my my, my method is to have as many sort of streams of information about what's going on sort of coming in at, in at once. So, you know, subscribing to, to blogs or Twitter feeds or Facebook pages. Um, and likewise, I, I like when I hear something, I like to, you know, share it around, make sure everyone knows that it's, that it's coming up. So, yeah. Um, but Trello sounds interesting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's just fun. I just, I mean, I think I'm lucky in that I quite enjoy that admin side <laughs> of like figuring out when stuff's open and like tracking all the dates and all that kind of thing because like you can't fail at that, right? Like you, um, it, that's just, yeah, it's meta fiddling in the worst possible way. But uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I have a particular love for that kind of thing. I know other poets who hate it and um that's really tough because it's like unfortunately there is this side of getting published which is about knowing when the window opens and closes knowing the name of the editor knowing the tone of the journal um and all those other little things like do they want it double spaced and do they care about the font and yeah, that can that can really drive people up the wall, but unfortunately, it really matters. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just thinking there probably why I I didn't have such a clear um, sort of like straightforward process in play was that I wasn't reading a lot of journals for. You know, I had a couple of my favourites, but most of my reading last year was mainly, you know, buying poetry collections and and just taking poems out of those collections to look at. So, you know, I think possibly if I if I looked at the journals that were around, um, then that might become more of a, you know, would open up more markets for me, obviously. But um, it doesn't sound like you needed yeah. it though, because you had you had like a third acceptance rate, which is phenomenally high. So, um, yeah, it sounds like actually your approach of reading a smaller number of, of journals quite closely and just cycling through your poems, um, has really paid off. Yeah. So when one of those poems would come back, when you'd get a rejection, would you, always rework that poem or were there a few that you thought no nope, this one's fine i know it's fine i just need to find the right journal for it um yeah i think it varied from poem to poem but um and it depended on how how confident i felt about it in the first place um yeah there's i'm just thinking there's a poem in the collection that um, got knocked back from tincture I think, and I don't. I think I might have sent it out to Cordite uh, when when a window became open, when when 
you know, they they sometimes have themed issues and non-themed issues, but um, no luck no luck there either. And I thought, you know, that's that's still a good poem. I like that poem, and and I'd certainly got feedback from Tincture Journal that, that you know it was it was liked, but not necessarily, you know, my reading of it was a was that it wasn't quite right for that journal at that time. So, um, yeah. That can give you a bit time, of confidence, that kind of rejection that involves a, a little bit of feedback, um, which yeah. is, is rare, but it's very valuable when it happens. Yeah, I, I understand why why editors can't when you're dealing with like 500 poems per, per yeah, issue. Gosh, yeah. But um, it's, I know, my educational background, sort of, I, I always try to... <laughs> give reasons or suggestions for why, why things could be improved um, because I just don't think that there's that really, um, well, certainly, this is all for me, bearing in mind that I live remotely, is that there's virtually no no professional development for, for me out here, so I can't go and workshop with people. I mean, I suppose I could set up my own group, but, um, yeah, I'm sort of in the wrong place for... for I suppose the level of the level of feedback that I need, uh, or I think that I need. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's like gold when you get some indication from a from an East Coast editor on on you know what perhaps you should be doing or where the weakness is. So mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really aware that there are probably people listening. Um, there are probably many people listening who understand this process really well but I'm guessing probably more who either have never submitted or have submitted once or twice to a few journals um, so I'm just thinking maybe we can brainstorm just like places that we know of where people could try submitting and maybe any words of advice we have on those just purely from our own experience um, I can go first if you like yeah, go for it. My mind's <laughs> okay. just gone blank. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. So um, I was talking to a friend about this a couple of weeks ago too, and it is, it's tough to cover every base. But the first journal that springs to my mind when people say, where should I send stuff, is always Cordite because Cordite has, regularly has themed issues, um, which means that you can either find a poem that fits the theme or you can write specifically to the theme. Um, and they're just a good journal to be connected to because I think they might be one of the most read poetry journals in Australia. They publish a lot of stuff and, um, they always pretty much always have a guest editor. So, um, if you get rejected once, twice, three, four, five times, you're still in the running, right? Like just don't ever give up on Cordite. Nobody, nobody's given up on Cordite, all right? Um, so that's one to think of. Uh, I think of them in terms of tiers, right? Which is probably quite elitist and bad, but there are a couple of journals that I so far have found it impossible to get into. Um, those being Mianjin, Island and Overland. Um, beautiful, mm -hmm. beautifully produced journals um, each of them have submission windows open, uh, sometimes continuously and sometimes just at different points throughout the year. Um, yeah, the quality of what they publish is off the charts. It's, you know, it's great if you can get in, but it's hard to get in. Um, and I think it's a question of 
just reading what they've published recently. If you head down to the library, have a look at a few recent journals, if you can do that, or even if you can just look online. Um, and there is also the factor with some of those journals, and I'm also thinking of the Lifted Brow here too, where they, they do prefer you to be a subscriber. And that can be really tough because if you're subscribing to six Australian literary journals a year, you can be running up, you know, three, $400 worth of yeah. subscription fees. And that's just not feasible for everyone. So that it's just a conundrum. It's just tough. Um, and, and I was just going to say the other thing I find, you, you did mention the library and, and being a, a part-time librarian some of the time. Um, yeah, I would say, um, in South Australia, we've got a really great service where I can I can re request uh, Mianjin from a library that's down near the city, and you know have it up here within a, a week or so to just to be reading the journal, mm. um, and that's really good because uh, although I, I really love poetry, um, in terms of literature, I'm a, a bit more of a science fiction fantasy um, fan. So when I you know, when I look at uh, the, you know, the possibility of, you know, purchasing a subscription for an entire year and the things I might be interested in are poetry and maybe some of the political sort of essays. Um, yeah, I, I sort of weigh up. Invest, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, in in that sense, if if it came down to being able to get it from the library, I versus buying it i'd probably go for the library and then spend the money i've saved on no, full poetry collections so yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. i think that's um, probably a good approach for sure and also secondhand bookshops will sometimes have back issues of journals they might be a couple of years out of date though so um the editor might have changed and the approach might have changed a bit but sometimes you can find a good recent one or two Actually, I was gonna. I just thought of it before when you were talking there, um, because we're all connected on the internet. I think the other thing is to actually look at um, outside of Australia, um, particularly the UK. And I'm. I could probably send you the link to the page, but there's a. The uh, I th think it's uh, tied up with the Southbank Poetry Centre in London. They have a website that lists um, back issues of all the poetry magazines in the UK. So you can actually access UK magazines, print magazines and online magazines. Um, then they might be a year out of date, but that's a you know, really like easy way of sort of finding out what's going on internationally. That's really so great. I, I didn't know about that. That's awesome. So I'll, I'll dig that up and you can share it with the, the listeners. But, yeah, fantastic. Um, but uh, I think probably the other thing is not to – not to exclude yourself from, you know, going internationally because I think the one thing, I don't know if it's a criticism or, or just an observation, is that I find that Australian poetry feels very East Coast-centric for, you know, obvious geographic and, you know, population reasons. There's mm -hmm. a lot of poetry from... Um, from the east coast that deals with sort of east coast uh, landscape and you know issues um of course i mean that's starting to change you've got ali copy ekerman um who's received you know sort of acclaim just recently um and i know a good friend of the podcast philip uh, hall has you know 
a lot of his work is informed by his time working in uh, Borolula mm-hmm. in the Northern Territory. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I find that, um, yeah, there's a tendency if we just focus our eyes on some of those big um, East Coast publications, journals, then it can, you know, that's a certain type of poetry, a certain way of, you know, there's a, I don't know. Um, I think there is an East Coast sensibility for sure. I mean, the, I don't think anyone would argue with you on that. In fact, I think a lot of editors probably feel quite, um, would feel concern about that and like try to publish against it where they can. But yeah, like the majority of the work's got to be coming from there because that's where the majority of people are. So yeah, I don't think, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think what, what really turned me on to Australian poetry was probably reading um, Philip Hodgins and he's, you know, Outback Victoria sort of. Um, so there's a bit more of that rural, um, plain-speaking sort of um, poetry. Yeah, that, right. But, um, yeah, sorry, I've just I've, I've derailed the conversation. No, we were talking fine. about journals. Um, yeah. yeah um, I, oh, did you want to... Mentioned some as well. Um, I uh, well, I've mentioned Tincture Journal, and um, they're they're probably have a special place in my heart because I they were close to being the first first to publish me. I think it comes down between them and uh, an independent Adelaide newspaper that uh, I first got published in. But um, they've always been very supportive, um, and I think they do like to encourage people writing from all over the world. Um, not just uh, Australian writers, um, and they produce an EPUB format, which is so much easier to share and read and um, look at. You know, I, I find it really frustrating when when we have to get by online. Sort of, if you're purchasing online, you have to get PDF copy um, because it's it's a pain in the backside to sort of view on a on an e-reader. Mm. Um, so they sort of have a, a really accessible journal for your, your work to be read. Um, but I, I'm thinking in terms of tiers, uh, there's also a lot of online journals that start up that um, well, they don't pay anything, but they they at least have some editorial sort of control over the work that gets published. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, and I'm thinking probably press pressure gauge journal is one that's sort of still going strong and... I find that their their target audience has been a little bit different, so I've been able to direct some poems that I probably wouldn't have sent to Cordite or Tincture just because they're uh, probably verging on probably spoken word poetry, um, you know, sort of really punchy, rhythmical and rhyming poems. So um, there'd be one I'd be sort of checking out if you're... If you're into more, um, oh, I don't want to say aggressive, but the poem I sent them was pretty, pretty much laying it on the line as to, <laughs> to what I what I thought about a certain issue. So yeah, mm. I think they're they're um, they're good places to submit your work to. Um, yeah, um, and, and not sorry, go. I was going to say it's not because I think it's any easier to get into a journal that um, doesn't offer payment but um i just think it's uh, it's good to have that 
somebody else looks at your work and goes yay or nay for whatever reason it um i suppose it keeps me keeps me honest because every now and again i think i've written a really great poem <laughs> and it's not so great when i look at it two weeks later but you know it sort of keeps me on on track thinking yeah. okay i've i've got to yeah i've got to make sure that this is my best work and when you when you, I suppose, when I mature as a poet, then I get a better sense of whether or not something's working. But certainly in the beginning where you go, this seems good, but I don't really know. Um, yeah, it's it's good to have those those places there to submit to. Yeah, and I that's think, right. I think, but I'm not sure, but I think they've got a pretty flexible submission window. Mm. Uh, yeah, just trying to remember off the top of my head but that'd be somebody else um i was just trying to think of uh, is it plumwood mountain yeah plumwood mountain is another fantastic online option it's an eco poetry journal so and obviously um often themed so yeah but has maybe three or four submission windows throughout the year and yeah, that's a really, that's a good one to check out. A lot like Cordite in that it will often have a guest editor. So if you don't get into one issue, you don't need to write the journal off and say, oh, well, they don't like me. Um, you mm. can just try again next time. And I, I think the thing is, though, you, you can't approach it as, as, you know, the journal doesn't like you. I think probably editors, if they see your name, you know, continually and... <laughs> you're improving or you know that they see that you're a serious a serious poet if you if you you know you don't take that knock back to heart and you know never write again or never submit again i think that um yeah they they start to see you as okay somebody who's serious about what they're doing that's right i think that does mean a lot if you see submissions if you see a submitter more than once i think it it does tend to show that they actually care and they weren't just sending you this poem as a one-off. Um, I think that's something that everybody's done at least once, right? It's like you've got a poem, you love it, you just want to send it somewhere and you send it to a journal that maybe you're not particularly familiar with but you're just hoping. Um, yeah. And, yeah, look, I think editors can usually tell um, that that's what's happening. Maybe it's a great poem and you're still going to get in but... Um, I think you have a better chance if you do have some familiarity, at least with the journal. I always say, you know, address the poetry editor themselves. So, you know, say, dear Sean, <laughs> as opposed to, but sometimes you just can't tell who's actually at the other end of that email. So that's fair enough. Um, and another good piece of advice that I got that I wasn't doing at first, which was, just say a little bit about who you are. Just say, you know, I am a Melbourne-based writer. I come from Canberra originally or something like that. Um, I've been writing for this many years. And if you can, um, mention other places where your poems have been published. So I've had poetry published in this, this, and this journal um, previous to now. Um, I think that's really useful. Because then you're like a real person. And, uh, yeah, you're not just a poetry spammer just like sending stuff and hoping that it sticks yeah i wasn't doing that actually um, oh really so, okay um, oh well look don't listen yeah. to me guys <laughs> sean's got a better no, run rate than i do <laughs> no uh, but 
you know, it, I always sort of, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd give it a try, I think. Um, uh, my, my, my idea would to be err, err on the side of brevity. Um, Definitely, yeah. No, don't tell them your life story. Sorry. <laughs> Do not but, tell yeah, them your no, life story. Like two sentences max is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, I think if you're around, if you're writing for... Um, look, it only took me probably two years tops to um, be able to identify all the probably the top flight poets writing in Australia currently. You know, just just to have a mental awareness of if I heard the name, I'd go, oh, actually, I know they had a collection that. So it's it's not it's not that big a field, um, if you get what I mean. So if you're consistent and you putting that work out there, um, pretty soon I think people will, you know, realise, oh, okay, yeah, I recognise that name, okay, yep. But certainly internationally, I think that's if you were going for you know subs internationally, um, a short um, blurb about who you are is probably worthwhile. Um, I haven't heard anything that says don't do it. So. No, I haven't. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, don't know if I've heard. Yeah, I also feel I should mention Verity La because. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, um, I'm. I mean, I'm. Goodness, Michelle yeah. will kill me. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, yeah, like full disclosure, I'm an associate editor there, but I'm not in charge of which poems get accepted in any way, shape or form. But I guess once I was uh, on the other side of the editorial process, I, I could see the differences in the way that people submit their work to a journal. And um, I personally liked the ones where people would say, you know, dear Robbie and Michelle, Hope, hope you're well, you know, just kind of sounded like it was a human at the other end. And um, even if they were to go as far as to say, oh, this is a poem about, um, yeah, just one or two words. And yeah, just so it was like really, really human and friendly. Um, but that is a total, totally a personal thing. There might be other editors out there who do not under any other circumstances want to hear that stuff from you. And so maybe it's a question of just figuring out yeah, what each editor prefers. And that is a question of talking to people who've been published in those journals and saying, hey, like, have you got any tips as to how to how to crack this one? But yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say, yeah, Verity Lard's another journal that when I got um, my poem in there last is it last year or this year? I can't remember. I think it um, might have been yeah, yeah, no. yeah, last year but published this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, that was probably one of my favourite experiences because I've been, I've been reading it for a while, and Verity Lars sort of encourages things to a little bit out of the box. Um, so I, yeah, I, I submitted one of probably the, my most ambitious poems to date, I think. Um, uh, and yeah, so it was really nice to get to get that published because I thought. That was probably the pinnacle of my my year of poetry work came together in that poem. Yeah, um, it was such a great poem, so good. I'm definitely going to link to it. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. But, but um, yeah, going back to your point about telling you a little bit of information about the poem, I was going to say uh, Tincture Journal. Um, I'm pretty sure they still do it because um, I haven't submitted to anywhere since 
probably mid-year this year. Um, but they would often get you to have a, a short um, explanation of what you were trying to do with the poem. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah. And I found that was really good to try and articulate that um, myself. Um, so, yeah. yeah in, I, in a similar vein, uh, Rabbit Journal will, um, which is a print journal, will not ask you to explain. Actually, no, Jess does sometimes say, like, Jess does say that you can include your, because it's a non-fiction journal, you can include your interpretation of what makes this poem non-fiction with your submission as well. So, yeah, I guess sometimes the guidelines will tell you whether you're meant to be talking about it or not. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah, that's, um, it can be a good process to go through, even if the, um, the, the journal doesn't require it. Um, because I think if you look at that work and you're, and you're questioning, what am I saying? <laughs> what am I trying to say? You, yeah, maybe it's the, not, maybe you don't send it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think, um, but we're not saying write a thesis about what your no, poem's about. No, no. Don't, don't want it to be longer than the poem. Nope. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, and I think the other thing is to keep an eye out. Um, I got a poem published in Snap Literary Journal, which is in Victoria. Uh, I, from memory, it's uh, it was mental health-related uh, writing so um yeah there's there's these little projects that come along every now and again absolutely uh, yeah that and i think if you go back to to the to a process of always having writing on the go then you're able to react to those opportunities really sort of quickly and go oh okay actually that that'd suit that poem that i did at the beginning of the year that i couldn't find anywhere to put um yeah, so yeah, I think right. keeping an eye out for, for um, things that uh, pop up every now and again. Yeah, actually, uh, speaking of that, it's probably also worth subscribing to uh, Australian Poetry, at least the newsletter. Um, I think you can actually just sign up for the email alerts without even paying any money, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, they'll always have a pretty good rundown of what's going on in terms of those kinds of projects. And also some, they'll have some submission windows too. If the editor decides they want to feature in that newsletter, then they'll be in there. It doesn't cover everything, but yeah, it's a, just another source of information. I think, yeah, good, good for, you know, the major prizes and when they come around, um, because that's something I always forget, um, you know, which which prize is you know when when the windows for that are open? Oh lord, um, yeah, we haven't even gone into the world of prizes. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not no. ready to talk about that. <laughs> That's a whole yeah. other. You need a separate calendar for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no, I'd agree. Uh, Australian poetry, and to be honest, that's probably one of the two journals that has ever given me feedback. Um, I think it was, is it Michael Sharkey that, yes, I believe that was so. editing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd submitted a poem, I think maybe a couple of years ago and I certainly don't know if he does it for, for everyone, but it was, it was just one line, um, you know, saying, you know, this, 
this is where the issue is basically and i thought you know that was that's great that was that that was good because i realized then yep okay <laughs> you're entirely correct you know i go back and look at the poem now and go yeah uh not not a finished poem basically it's so um, valuable when you get that it's just yeah and it's unfortunate that it is um such a difficult thing for editors to do because um god you learn a lot when it happens because they've got nothing to gain right like they've got no stake in your poem they could easily just give you a flat rejection or whatever mm. so you know that this advice is going to be honest and it's probably from someone it's from someone who's read like 50 100 600 submissions that month or whatever so yeah it's a great great thing when they can do it but yeah definitely not always possible um who else have we not mentioned? There's there's so many. There are so many. Um... Yeah, and it's like you're saying before. I, I honestly, I I find it, yeah, much easier just to keep writing poetry and then go looking for something when you feel uh, you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, when when that poem, because I I find it extremely hard having to write to theme actually. Um, if, if somebody says, oh, we've got a prize that's focusing on, you know, this theme, uh, I will, you know, creatively just clog up and go, uh, <laughs> I'll pr right. pr pr produce the worst poetry that I, <laughs> that I can. Yeah. Um, but whereas if I've written on a theme, I can go, oh, actually, yeah, that, that fits that theme. Um, much, much easier for me to do, um, uh, that's one thing I've found since sort of getting the manuscript um, accepted is, you know, there's the possibility of including extra poems. So I've written about 80 pages worth of poetry notes, which has produced one poem that's going in the collection and seven that will never see the light of day. So it's it's not a process that, um, you know, putting that extra pressure on doesn't doesn't usually help. So. No, no, yeah, writing writing poetry under pressure is pretty much impossible, I think. Um, I just thought I'm going to actually bring up my Trello board because I don't want to forget something super obvious. Then again, it's not as if I am the last word on where to submit by any means. I've got my pen out ready to write them down. <laughs> oh, okay. So Michael Farrell makes a beautiful journal called Flash Cove, um, which he... Uh, it basically hand delivers to people here in Melbourne, but you can subscribe and you can get it sent to you wherever you want, I think. Um, and it's just fantastic because it's maybe four or five poets per journal per issue. Okay. And so you I really... haven't actually heard of it. Oh, so and it's, it's so beautiful. Like it looks just so gorgeous. So yeah, like definitely, um, one to maybe investigate there's going down swinging that's open pretty regularly yep. um rabbit we've mentioned westerly and southerly again you're sort of looking at there's more sort of top tier tricky to get into but definitely worth keeping an eye out for i know the canberra times is one of the newspapers in australia that's still um will still publish poetry, but I know from submitting recently that they are fairly clogged up with submissions at the moment as of September okay. 2017. So, but yeah, worth thinking about in future. 
I always find not not with the Canberra Times, but I I don't know if it was the Sydney Morning Herald, or had another online version of one of the major newspapers have have an atrocious way of um, formatting poetry. Oh, that's a shame. Online, um, say say compared to some of the like the English Guardian, which right, you know yeah. presents a poem as it should be formatted um, mm. in that sort of. Page. But yeah, there's a couple of the Australian big papers just don't seem to see the importance or value of presenting a poem as it's supposed to be formatted, which yeah. says to me, oh, okay, we're not really putting poetry here because you know, poets or people interested in poetry want to read it. Mm, it's just yeah. content. More content. But yes. Yeah. Canberra Times. I've had a few poet friends, yep, mention that you know take pictures of poems they've gotten into the into the Canberra Times. So it's, it's still it's still a thrill, I think, to see that in in a newspaper because there's still quite a few people that get to get to read them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's one other I've, I've just realised one other that I haven't mentioned that's a, a good one to know about is Australian Book Review. Um, Lisa Gorton is the poetry editor there and um, uh, she they, they seem to have an editorial policy there of publishing new more emerging poets and writers up against more established writers and so I was lucky enough a couple of years ago to get a poem published there by Lisa and it was such a massive thrill she actually helps me with the poem she came back to me and said this is great except this one word do you want to give it one more bash and I was like ah uh, yes this is what I want to say and she was like yep you got it okay we're gonna put it in the channel but then the next one I submitted she actually declined um but it was so lovely because she said you know this is a lot like the one we published before um and I like it but I'm not actually gonna publish it and um yeah, I just it, it seems like she she seems to take a lot of care and attention in terms of what she receives. So yeah, don't don't say oh Australian Book Review too big and fancy for me. Um, yeah, keep it in mind for sure. I'm just thinking, um, is it Foam E? Oh, is yeah. another. Yep. At the only trouble is that it it, it seems to have. A, uh, is it only once or twice a year? Yes, I believe it's fairly. It's actually been a little while since I have checked on them, um, so I'm not sure what's happening there at the moment. But yeah, I think it's maybe twice a year. Yeah, and yeah, so that's that's one that I've, I know friends of mine have, have got work in, um, and it's good quality work when it's produced. So yeah, um, yeah they publish great stuff. Yeah. And like you said, too, they I, they do have um, changing editors, so it's it's not like it's going to be. Yes, you you'll get knocked back again um, by the same editor. Yep. And look, if we we're definitely going to be missing a few, but one of the ways that I started out figuring out where to send work to was to go to any journal and then kind of and then go to the bios. And see where people were mentioning in their bios like i've been published in overland and westerly and blah um that that was the way that i figured it out it was just yeah looking at at people's bios <laughs> yeah and i mean f following people on on twitter and and facebook um 
signing up to to RSS feeds, if we can still do that, um, is uh, like I said, you, I get I get my information from everywhere, um, which usually means that I don't miss out on most things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I was just thinking not not to forget the um, best Australian poetry anthology either. That's oh, comes around every year. Yeah. Um, for those for those of you out there who have had work published, um, because I think that's that's probably another thing that I'd like to get into one day. Um, you know, have a have a poem accepted there because they they do tend to look outside of just journals that have um, you know just a certain set of journals or you know if you've had a manuscript um, or a book published. Um, yeah, so. Um, and like you you said there, I, I I go through the the back of and look at the the bios and look at where they've you know where they've been publishing in the last year or so just to to see what's current I might have missed. Yeah, that's right because yeah. I think the rule with Australia best Australian poems now is that the work needs to have been published somewhere so you can buy that and then you can see the list of where the poems in that collection were first published and then you've got a pretty up to date list. So. Yeah, there's, this is the thing. I get seduced by all this kind of like um, admin side <laughs> of things. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't spend enough time on my drafts. But look, all of which to say there's a lot of opportunity out there and, yeah, plenty of stuff to try. And no one right way to do it either. Definitely this is these are only two two Australian poets talking about the way that they do it. There are probably, there are as many ways to do this as there are people writing poetry in Australia. So, Yeah, agreed. Yeah. If anyone is actually looking at, at um, trying to put a manuscript together, um, there's a, a, an English poet called Tim Love, and um, I'll give you the, the, the link, but his website is called Lit Refs Articles, and he had a... a Oh, he has lots of articles there, but he had one specifically on organising a poetry collection, and in that post he lists about 30, maybe that's an exaggeration, at least 10, possibly more, um, online articles by various poets around the world on, on how to put together a manuscript. So um, that that was sort of, well, sort of has been helpful after the fact uh, because I didn't really have a lot of time <laughs> beforehand to, to look at things before I put the manuscript together. Yeah, fantastic, but, um, yeah. And um, I'd probably just uh, like to mention uh, the publisher, if I could, of my manuscript. Of course. Uh, yeah, so it's it's close-up books. If you do a, a search on them, they're going to, when they start releasing their their various poetry collections, I think they're intending to have a particular website for it. But if you just look up close-up books, um, so they've got a manuscript coming out by myself and also the poet Mark William Jackson has um, got a, a collection coming out. So, um, And that's, uh, I think we're hoping for the end of the year, around about December, um, if all things go to plan. Um, Great. That's so, great. yeah. Um, I'm sort of looking forward to it, to it and dreading it at the same time because yeah. it means I have to go out and sell my book and read to read to people in real life, and that's always a bit of a challenge. That's exciting, but, Sean. Uh, We're going to see you over here on the East Coast. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll do my my book tour around Christmas. 
No, I, I will get to. Oh, I want to go to the the Queensland Poetry Festival one year, um, and even you know the Melbourne Writers Festival. Um, yeah, come come on down, come and and uh, come to Collected Works and and yeah, we can we can come. I love see. Collected Works. Yeah, love the best best poetry bookstore in Australia, possibly the only poetry bookstore in Australia, but still, um, yeah, great. Great collection of work there, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else, uh, any other wisdom I can impart today. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of tips. So, yeah, really happy that we got to chat again, Sean, and congratulations again. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for, for having me on again.